Welcome to episode 103 of the Gump Runners podcast. Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Law. Um, still not going to go over any any football talk today. We just wanted to get on here and and uh, kind of cover some basketball um, review for Alabama in, in the early season and kind of give a give a prediction of how we think the rest of the season is going to go and kind of how the team is looking so far. We haven't had the chance to to talk any basketball. Usually we, we do a little bit during football season, but this has been an exciting football season and one that we didn't see coming after the uh, the USF game, definitely. So we kind of been spending all of our time on that. So we'll get into a little hoops talk here tonight. Um, and then we're going to we're gonna host a uh, a bowl contest, a bowl prediction contest, pick them contest. So uh, we'll tell you all about that here soon. But, guys, Alabama basketball starting off the season six and three so far, losses to – Ohio State and down in uh, Niceville, Florida. Um, Clemson at home by eight, ugly game. And then, uh, of course, Purdue, their their last game um, in Toronto, Canada by six. Um, Zach Eady going off for like 35 points. So, Lester, how much basketball have you been able to watch this year? I know you work a lot of night shifts and Alabama play, has played a lot of late games. So, how much basketball have you been able to watch and uh, – and from what you've seen, give me your overall analysis of the of Alabama here in the early season. Yeah, it seems like every time they play, um, I have to work, but I've, I've really enjoyed listening to Chris Stewart. He does a pretty good job of calling the game as it is, while it's going on. So, but I'm supposed to physically seeing it. I think I've maybe seen one or two games, and based on what I've seen and what I'm hearing and what I'm reading, um, this team has to toughen up. Um, they have to get. Bigger, stronger on the inside. They got to toughen up. Um, clearly, they have playmakers on the back end. Um, Sears, um, Estrada, like those guys are freaking ballers. But, you know, if you can't defend and rebound and you're going to get bullied all night, that's going to be trouble no matter how well you shoot, especially against really, really good basketball teams, which Alabama has ran into the past couple, past couple games and the record has shown. So these guys need to get, you know, can't get bigger and stronger during the season, but they've certainly got to toughen up and start playing some defense. Yeah, through nine games, uh, it doesn't look like really the the team is meshed yet. Uh, I mean, gosh, seems like there's a lot of a one-on-one ball going on, especially with Sears and Nelson. seems like every time they get the ball, especially under 15 seconds in the shot clock, they're not going to pass it again. Um, not a lot of half-court flow, which is something I thought was huge for him last year. Of course, you know, losing Brandon Miller and JQ really hurts in that regard. Two guys that can they can really get to the bucket anytime they want to. And we're also a huge threat threat from deep. Um and and that's expected whenever you have this much roster turnover. I think Alabama has talent. Um, maybe not on the interior. I'll talk about that in a little bit, but the you know, you're talking about what Sears and Griffin, the only two guys returning from last year's team. Um that won the won the SEC championship. So there's a there's a ton of turnover here. And um so hopefully they haven't meshed yet and they'll they'll do better um with that moving forward in the the rest of the non-con and in the SEC play. J Law, what do you think about the basketball team so far? Yeah, I think Lester hit it on the head, man. They they gotta get tougher. They gotta wanna be tougher. They gotta wanna make it harder on their opponents to score and you look at every loss for Alabama this year, heck, in a, in a lot of wins, too. And defense has not been at a premium for Alabama. I mean, I know we got into foul trouble with Zach Eady. Um, Man, that guy, 
he he gets fouled about 40 times a game, and he doesn't foul, apparently. So that made it really hard. Alabama's bigs. I think Waggy have four to start the second half. So that didn't work out well. Pringle is going to be hit or miss every time he runs out there as, as one of your big men as well. Uh, and he's been in the doghouse a little bit. So it's just going to be tough for Alabama. Grant Nelson has got to be better on the defensive end, got to be a little better at rebounding. Mark Sears has been everything that you want Mark Sears to be. He's a good defender. But, man, it takes five guys to defend the floor, especially with the type of competition. And all Alabama's three losses, I believe, are Ken Palm top 30 losses. So, I mean, that's a little promising. But if you're Alabama, you want to be Ken Palm top 25. I mean, you don't want to be losing everybody you play in the top 30 because that pretty much means that you're – Maybe a one a one tournament one win in a tournament at the end of the year, and you're kind of out in the round of 32. So, listen, they got to get better on defense. Um, we've seen, I think it was Nate Oates' teams two years ago, not last year, but the year before, that weren't great on defense, and that season um, didn't quite go the way that we wanted it to as Alabama fans. Um, but listen, they're missing some pieces from last year. They still got to put it together. A chance to get better as we lead up to conference play right here. But I think defense, as Nate Oates said, just has to get better. Um, because they're scoring, man. Listen, they're they are scoring. They're I think the number one. They're the top five offensive team in America. I think they might be number one if I saw that tweet correctly. But they got to get some stops, man. They're they're kind of LSU right now of football. They are scoring on everybody. We have our Jaden Daniels and Mark Sears. He's going to get his and Estrada, but they got to get some stops. And right now, they're not able to do it. Yeah, that's the tail of the tape right now for Alabama hoops. Is a good offense, bad defense. They are number one um, in in offensive efficiency, and way down the list in defense. But I'm not sure the number, but wouldn't surprise me if it's in the hundreds right now. It's brutal. Um, upcoming schedule before SEC play even hits. Lester, you got Creighton, who's the top fifteen team. Um, you play them on the road, then you play Arizona at a neutral site out in Phoenix, I believe. And um, they're number two, one or two in the country right now. And then you finish up at home with Eastern Kentucky and Liberty. Is Alabama two and two in those games coming up? Or, or do you think, which would, you know, be expected? You expect to lose to Creighton and Arizona, then beat Eastern Kentucky and Liberty at home. Um, do you think maybe Alabama can possibly steal one of these against Creighton or, or uh, Arizona? Yeah, going into the season, looking at this three-game just insane stretch, um, I would have been ecstatic over the moon if Bama went two and three. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't see them winning one right now. I don't. If this team is not going to play defense, if they're not going to do, because you know, you always say, you know, you, you just assume they win one just because they're going to catch fire and have a great game. But you, I never assumed this team would be so bad defensively. Because you can go cold in the heart in the heartbeat, and you can go against another dominant player. You can go against another uh, really experienced team, which is always the death knell um, in college football. I mean, in college basketball, a more experienced team will beat a more talented but lesser experienced team probably eight times out of ten. Like we saw it last year, we've seen it several times um, in the NCAA national championship games. But I, I'm going to say they go two and three. I think they lose the next two and finish out the year winning those last two at home. j you know, everybody on here has discussed defense. You know, you get on social media, that's what you see. Defense, defense, defense of this team. 
I know you're not a basketball coach, but I mean, you've seen a lot of basketball be played. You understand the game. What do you do to fix it? And I understand the rim protection might not be something that can be fixed because of the inexperience there um, and the lack of just beef all the way around. So what do you do to fix this team defensively? Yeah, I think a couple years ago, right, we were kind of like they could give more effort, but their effort has been based off of their offensive production when it comes to on the defensive side. Like if they're hitting shots, you could have expected to that two years ago Nate Oates team to play legit on defense and get stops. I'm not so sure it's the case this year, man. Again, they're they're one of the best offensive teams in America. They hit the three ball like crazy. But they're just not a good defensive team. I mean, you just got to have dudes that can guard. And I hate to say, I'm like looking around at this team. Mark Sears is pretty good at defense. Estrada's a freshman. He's no Brandon. No, he's not a transfer. Excuse me. But, I mean, like you have some dudes who like could grow into being a better defender. But Allen is not going to be great at the rim, like you mentioned. We're going to have a lot of guys play with a lot of foul trouble. Um, so, I don't know what you do there because the SEC this year has a, a lot of pretty solid big men that you're going to have to deal with. Again, Grant Nelson's not a great defender, but he's going to give you what he can give you on offense. Like, I'm not so sure what Alabama can do this year to get much better on defense. I mean, you remember last year, Brandon Miller's chasing layups down and blocking them off the glass. Noah Clowney was one of the best defensive players in the SEC. You had Mark Sears. I mean, you had some dudes that could that were athletic enough to play great defense. And some of me, a part of me thinks that that could be a little bit of the problem that, I hate to say it, with, with Grant Nelson, you lose a little bit of that athleticism and that versatility to play um, on defense. And then just having, listen, not as not as skilled guys. I think if you're Nate Oates, you got to you have to find a way to protect the rim. You have to find a way to to not get in foul trouble to be able to leave your best defenders in the game. Um, because I thought I thought in the first half against Edie, like I know he's gonna get his, but he really got his in the second half when he was being guarded by some smaller guys that couldn't really stack up against him. I thought Waggy did per okay against him in the first half. He just got in a lot of foul trouble and he got to play soft and I think I even saw a stat that says Edie kills in the second half because he's a he's kind of like a yeah, I mean like a big guy in the NBA that everybody loves. Yeah, you can. And I told you how that game was going to go. I've been able to watch yeah. three or four Purdue games this year, and they let everybody bang on him early in the game, and then about midway through the first half, you really start seeing those ticky ticky tack calls. Um, on him, you know, whether they're front number playing behind him, the off-ball fouls. And I told you all that was coming. I said, look, they're, they're going to give those to him, and sure enough, they did. And all of a sudden, Waggy and Pringle have like three in the first half, and then it was over from there. Yeah, and Alabama picked up three fouls in four seconds to start the second half as well. So you kind of felt like that game was going to go that way. I think there's a lot going on on this defense, a lot of coaching that's going to have to be done. But you got to remember, you know, Nate Oates lost all his assistants. Um, Petway is a pretty good defensive coach. Charlie Henry was kind of all your X's and O's on offense when it came to kind of in-game type of stuff. So we kind of expected it to be somewhat of a, a rebuilding, I guess, type year, considering where Alabama's been in the last three or four, you know, last year SEC champions. But well, we'll, we'll see what they do. I'm just not exactly sure what they can do when it comes to just personnel that they're running out there. 
Yeah, especially losing Brian Hodgson, too, um, because, I mean, that guy not only was with him in his time in Alabama, but also Buffalo as well. Been with him since day one, basically. And um, when you lose a right-hand man like that, it's very difficult to replace immediately and establish that connection with him and trust uh, on your staff with your assistants. Um, You know, what I would do is if you can't defend the rim, extend the defense. And Alabama has shown um, soft man-to-man full-court pressure. Um, if I'm Nate Oates, if I'm going to give up points anyway, at least do what you can to try to get turnovers. Do a diamond press. Do a, a man-to-man press where you switch everything and just run your most athletic five out there and, and try to do what you can to force turnovers before the ball even hits the timeline. And that way you don't have to worry as much about rim protection. That That's what, that's the way I look at this thing. I mean, if I don't have anybody, if I'm just going to give up points in the paint and, and you know, get out-rebounded, or um, give up a lot of offensive rebounds and putbacks, then screw it. I'm just going to extend my defense and try to put pressure on your guards for 94 feet, and maybe you can get some cheap turnovers, and that can kind of offset the lack of rim protection. That's what I would do if I was Nate Oates. And I and think, I, but does our, does our style of offense? I think our style of offense kind of messes with our defense too. Like Saban kind of went back into a a shell, so to speak, with Tommy Reese and Bill O'Brien. Well. Nate Oates' system isn't really helping his defense as much as they run up and down the floor where they want to have a lot of energy on offense. And if you go down and get into a track meet, if you're not great on defense, you're going to be giving up in the 80s, and that's kind of what Alabama's been doing. Yeah, and, and that's just – that's just – that I just rotate more guys. I mean, you know, you've got guys that can play. I think Alabama's got a rotation of about nine or ten already. So you've got two rotations out there. I would at least start the game like that. Maybe not do the 40 minutes of hell like Arkansas used to do. Um, But that's the only thing I can think of. Whenever you can't protect the rim, you can't play in the half court. And I just do what I can to maybe just try to pressure the ball and and try to get some cheap turnovers and help my defense out as much as possible. And if that if that comes at a price of slowing down your offense, then so be it. You know, just try to get more creative in the in the half court. But um lesser this team. We mentioned the non-con. You have 18 SEC games. What is your prediction for the rest of the year? Do you think this team is able to show improvement um, throughout SEC play, or do you think it kind of is what it is at this point? What, what's your prediction for the re- remainder of the season, and uh, do you think Alabama's a tournament team, and how far do you think they go in the tournament? Yeah, I I, I have nothing. I have, I have to have faith in Nate Oak. Um, since he's been in Alabama, he's always seemed to – figure it out. Like he knows his team is bad defensively and he has no problem calling them out on it. And he said that that's going to be a focus. So I believe that this team is going to face a, uh, it's going to have a, a pretty good turnaround. Um, I think the rest of the year may be a little tough with these next two games coming up, but be they finish strong. Then I guess they have like a, what, maybe 10, a week, 10 days off before the, they start SEC play in the beginning of the year. But I look for them to go, on a tear in the SEC. I don't think they finished the season, regular season SEC champions, but I do believe they'll make a little bit of noise in the SEC tournament and uh, maybe get to the semifinals, but I definitely see this as a, a potentially around a, a of 32 team. I haven't seen a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 version of this team yet. I don't know if they have it in them yet. Man, I think that's spot on right there, Lester. Uh, I've got this team finishing around 11 and 7 in the SEC and finishing around 19 and 12, maybe 20 and 11, and sneaking into the tournament. I, I think they're a second round exit right now as well. Um, but gosh, you know, after 
it's so funny that we questioned Nick Saban and Jalen Milrow and we're not questioning Nate Oates. So after what happened in foot on the on the football field, I'm definitely not gonna put anybody down. I think they can definitely get better, definitely show improvement. I'm gonna say they do that. But the SEC is so tough this year, man. It's got a, a, a lot more parity in it now with the transfer portal. And, you know, Chris Beard going to Ole Miss, he's got them rolling. They're very good. Um, but I, I do need to see a big jump on the defensive end. Um, it doesn't look like it's coming. I think it's a youth issue, especially inside. You know, Grant Nelson, he's an older guy, but he's never had to play big boy defense. So he's still got a long way to go. He needs some development. Um, Mo Wagi is the most promising big man, I think, you know, coming from West Virginia. Um, I still think he's getting his feet wet. He had the injury in February. He's still trying to get back from Pringle brings nothing to the table offensively. J-Law mentioned that. And I think he thinks he's Ben Wallace on defense. He's got no technique. He just fouls the crap out of guys, which doesn't work in today's game, especially with SEC refs. Um, Diubate, I like him, but he's undersized for a big. He's only six seven. plus he's a freshman. And then you got Jaron Stevenson, who reclassified. And so he's like 17 years old out there trying to, to play in the paint with 20, 21-year-olds. And it's just it's not ideal for Alabama's rim protection status, and it doesn't project to get any better. Not saying it will or not saying it won't. It just doesn't seem like it. Um, you know, if they can shoot lights out for 40 minutes, they can potentially upset somebody. But I think anybody with an above at, an above average – Big man is just going to have a field day right now at Alabama. The two, the two good ones they played this year um, were PJ Hall from Clemson. I think he had like twenty one points, and then of course the Big Ten Player of the Year, Zach Eady, he had uh, his season high with thirty five. But uh, so yeah, um, need to see some development inside, and hope they can find it. I believe they will. Um, but J Law, what is your prediction for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'm right on there with you guys. I mean, just I mean, like I mentioned earlier, if you're losing every team that you play that's in the Kim Palm top 40, uh, you're probably going to be a first-round exit as you sit today. And as Chase said, if I question Nick Saban after the USF game, I have I have more than enough authority to question Nate Oates. And as we know, Alabama basketball fans, look at all the prominent teams for the last decade. Ups and downs. Recruiting is insane right now. The NBA draft is killing you because you can't have a guy that's really good for more than two years, essentially. So, like, your Kentuckys, your Dukes, your North Carolinas, I mean, teams are going to have average years because that's what college basketball is right now. So, and I think Nate Oates has deserved a quote-unquote down year of, what, 12 and 8 or something along those lines or in, in conference play and – maybe right at 20, 19 wins. I mean, he's earned it SEC regular season and tournament champions last year. Fell a little short from where they wanted to be in the postseason. But in in today's world of college basketball, dude, very few programs. And listen, Alabama's not historically a blue blood basketball program. We got to take what we can get and be excited that when we're good. Um, But very few programs these days are going to be consistent each and every year and make a Sweet 16, Elite Eight type of run. So I think if Alabama can – if Alabama reaches the Sweet 16, I'll be ecstatic. I feel like they're around a 32 team right now, though. All right, guys. Any more hoops talk you want to talk about? Told y'all we were going to keep it short. Um, you know, just kind of getting our feet wet with it. Of course, we'll, we'll pick it up after the, the college football playoff. Um, is there anything other – or anything related to the hardwood you want to talk about? No, I'm good. All right. 
Well, um, sorry. Uh, we uh, at Gump Runners here got together and we wanted to to do something for our listeners. Uh, you know, everybody does the bowl pick'em contest on the ESPN app. Well, we wanted to uh, to create one of those and let you guys log in and and create an entry. You only get one entry per person. You know, you can't get in here and some of them you can create two or three entries. So you just got one entry per person. You go to the ESPN app. And um, under the Bowl Pick'em Contest, the group name is Gump Runners Podcast. Gump Runners Podcast. And it's picking the game straight up. We didn't do the spread. I, th- I thought about it, you know, making it a little bit tougher, making you have to think a little bit more. But with all the guys transferring and the guys holding out, it would be very difficult. So uh, we're going to go straight up and um, use your first and last name. Don't use some kind of crazy username that we don't know who it is. Use your first and last name in the group so we so we know who you are. And then after the national championship game, um, I'll contact the winner and uh and use probably Venmo to get you the money. But um once again, that uh the group name is Gump Runners Podcast. The winner gets $150. That's what we're gonna go with. So there's a $150 prize waiting on the winner of the uh, bowl pick'em contest. Gump Runners Podcast is the name. Anything you want to add to that? Well, smack talk, Lester, because, we're, hey, we're going to enter it, too. I'm going to enter it, too. J-Law will be in there. Lester will be in there. So you got to compete against us. Yeah, give us your best shot. I mean, bowl season is always fun. And also, you know, kind of keep, you know, more. You know, a lot of people that only only watch this, only watch this team, only watch that team. Man, if you love college football, like, I, you know, if you're like me, you love bowl season, you try to watch as many games as you can. And uh, this just kind of makes it a little bit more interesting, kind of sweets the bottle a little bit. So, Looking forward to bowl season, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe win a little bit of gas money. Yeah, and you don't have to put any money in yourself. It's free. I mean, just just to win the group. If you win, you get your money. We just appreciate everybody listening. We want to have a little fun uh, during bowl season. I mean, because I, bowl season can kind of get kind of monotonous right now with the amount of meaningless games that are being played. So let's just make it fun, and uh, as long as Corey Kelly or Gage doesn't win, I'm happy. Yeah, it's a, it's a thank you to the to the loyal listeners of the Gump Runners podcast. And, uh, of course, you know, I'll share this podcast all week on social media platforms. And um, we want as many entries as we can. Um, we appreciate you guys listening in. Kind of our Christmas present to the to the winner um, of, of the uh, of, of the Pick'em Contest. But once again, in case you didn't get it, Gump Runners podcast is the group name. $150 reward. It's free to enter. Um, the money, the reward prize money is provided by Gump Runners. So, um, yeah, good luck to everybody. Um, yeah, may the odds be ever in your favor. And and uh, we'll, uh, we might take a week off. We haven't decided next week if we're going to do another one, but more than likely going to take next week off. And then, of course, we'll get you a podcast before the Michigan game preview in that. And um, we'll talk about the other, maybe some bowl games that have happened already and then, the two playoff games coming up, but um, until then, good luck in the bowl pick'em contest. This is episode one hundred and three of the Gump Runners podcast. Chase Thornton, Lester Mitchell, Jeremy Law. We're out.